Welcome to episode 60 of the I Want to Party with Bob Bobcast. Yeah, uh, Yankee Doodle. Yankee Doodle, indeed. This is the first annual State of the Union address by me, your host, Bob. This episode could also be called the All Countries Matter episode. Because, think about it. Just because it's July 4th, actually, I'm recording this on July 4th. I should have got that out of the way originally. Just because it is July 4th, Independence Day in the United States of America, all countries still matter, right? I mean, that's kind of elitist, don't you think, to just focus on independence from Great Britain, our, our historical birthday celebration of the United States? Fuck, all birthdays matter, for that matter. Yeah, um, exactly. You see, by pointing that out, I am making an example of the all lives matter dipshits, right? Sounds shitty when you say it like that, doesn't it? Eh, Put it in perspective a little bit for the less than mentally equipped than the rest of us, I guess. Um, Well, let's talk about Yankee Doodle for a second. Do you know what that song means? I do now. I do now, sort of. The tune itself to Yankee Doodle. I'm a Yankee Doodle dandy. That tune, minus the lyrics, go all the way back to 15th century Europe. Uh, possibly even older than that. The Dutch put nonsense words to the tune sometime in the 15th century. Words like, yanker, didle, doodle down. Yanker, yanker, didle, doodle down. Then things move on to the 1700s when the British refer to American colonial soldiers they served with during the French and Indian War as Yankee Doodle Dandies. Yankee Doodle Dandy was an insult to the colonial American troops, by the way. Those words Yankee Doodle Dandies kind of referred to the colonists as effeminate and stupid. Uh, Stuck a feather in his cap and called it macaroni. That means the American troops thought they were being fashionable and dandy by sticking a feather in their hats And macaroni refers to a style of wig that was kind of fashionable in the 1770s. It it was like a a really over-the-top wig that only like dandies, only like men who would go out dressed like in these elaborate get-ups with these crazy big wigs. That was the kind of wig that these dandies would wear, as they referred to them then. Oh, and the word doodle has its roots in the German language, and it either kind of means someone who plays music badly, like you're referring to somebody who can't play music for shit, or it just means like fool or simpleton or like, you know, dipshit kind of. So let's break it down. Yankee, that refers to an American colonist or specifically like a soldier in the colonies or militiaman or whatever. Doodle means like fool or dipshit. And dandy is an effeminate male person. By 1775 or 1776, a Minuteman or colonial American soldier during the Revolutionary War named Edward Bangs had written lyrics to the song as we know them today. The song had been flipped from the British version where it was mocking the Americans, basically, the American colonists, to mock British troops and glorify George Washington. And the song from there on became a national treasure. Yeah, you already learned something. Good. Rad. Well... What are we going to talk about? State of the Union. Uh, All countries matter. Obviously, by saying that, this is going to be a shit-talking episode for sure. Disclaimer, there is a lot of negative things that I'm going to say in this episode. However, at the very end, there is a glimmer of hope. And there's kind of a little bit of hope in everything that I'm going to point out and talk about. I'm going to be talking about the United States of America 
as it is today, as it stands today, what's going on in the country, some things that really bother me, some things that really bother a lot of people, some things that are just fucking straight up evil being perpetrated on the citizens of this country by our leadership, the police, ICE, that kind of thing. I also want to give another disclaimer that most of the sections where I'm doing a lot of the talking, it's going to be ad-libbed. I'm kind of going back to my roots of the Bobcast, you know, dropping a lot of the script and going to just me talking about things just from the heart, you know, whatever, just kind of talking shit in some ways. The thing is, I normally work off of a script. When I first started, I just worked off of like a guideline. Now I script like every single word almost, eh, pretty close anyways. It's going to feel kind of good to go back to just being able to ramble and kind of talk shit. So I hope you enjoy it. I might go off on a tangent here and there. I sure I will. A lot of this shit really is shit that pisses me off for sure. And like I said, probably pisses you off if you listen to this podcast too. We'll see. I wanted to do an episode like this last July 4th, but I go, eh, no, I don't really feel like it. I think things in the United States right now are fucked and we got to talk about it. We really, we need to sit down and talk. So let's sit down and talk about it. Here's a list of the topics of the things I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about COVID-19, the great mask controversy of 2020. Oh, fuck. Why won't people wear masks? Uh, I'm already getting mad. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a little bit. We're going to talk about the protests, the ongoing protests that have started back in May both the Black Lives Matter protests and the reopen protests or the uh, COVIDiot protests. Yes, indeed. We're going to talk about the United States official, very draconian immigration policies. We're going to talk about Donald Trump. Oh, fucking boy. Oh, try and make that part short. No, I don't. We don't need to hear more about that asshole, right? I'll talk about him a little bit. Lastly, we're going to talk about the economy of the United States as it is today and the wealthy billionaire ruling class of this country. Yes, because we are more or less an oligarchy. So there you go. Now I'm going to do this in segments. Okay. I'm going to break it up. So before each segment that's relating to those topics, I kind of just mentioned, there is going to be a song that has something to do with the United States or America or kind of how fucked up things are by some really fucking rad bands. The bands in this episode are fucking, uh, they're great. Really great. To all the bands, I'll thank you at the very end, but I'm going to say thank you now too. So here are those bands. We're going to have The Adolescents, Pinata Protests, Doc Hammer, Bad Cop, Bad Cop, Dillinger 4, and The Arrivals in this episode. Wow, yeah, that's great. Those are some fucking, those are some of my favorite bands. And Doc Hammer's a band I just kind of discovered today. They're from San Diego. Holy fuck, they rule, dude. My buddy Scoops posted a video for a song off, I think, one of their new records or something. I'm going to look into You should look into them, too. Doc Hammer is fucking rad. They're kind of like a hardcore band. Dude, they're insane. They're so rad. So, yeah. Oh, I'm so excited for the music. Uh, We are also going to hear a few words from our friends at Meteor Motorbikes of Oakland, California, in this episode. Plus... Later on in the episode, there will be a PSA for Black Lives Matter. Well, let's get to it. First up is a song by The Adolescents off of the 2005 full-length record, OC Confidential. And the name of that song is Lockdown America. Very, very fitting, isn't it? Prior to that song are some words from Meteor Motorbikes. Then on to some of the State of the Unionisms by your friend Bob. Stay tuned. 
This summer, as you hit the road for that long ride, I'd like to ask you a question. After a long day of riding, why couldn't the motorcycle stand up by itself? It was too tired. Is your motorcycle feeling a little tired? Then take your bike into Meteor Motorbikes in West Oakland, California. Meteor Motorbikes specializes in diagnostics and repair of late model European and Japanese sport, street, and adventure motorcycles. In fact, Meteor Motorbikes has recently invested in the latest diagnostic tuning equipment and software to keep you and your motorcycle happily humming down the highway. Let Meteor Motorbikes handle the hard stuff. Service, diagnostics, and repairs to your motorcycle are a breeze with Meteor Motorbikes. Contact Meteor Motorbikes today for a quote. You can reach them via email at service at meteormotorbikes.com or via phone at area code 510-545-3738. Meteor Motorbikes is conveniently located in West Oakland at 2600 Magnolia Street, unit number 190. That's right under the East Bay side of the Bay Bridge. Call, email, or visit Meteor Motorbikes today. You and your two-wheeled best friend will be happy you did. Die! 
right, thank you to Tony and Ian of the Adolescents for letting me use that song. Ian's an old friend, actually. He used to be in Furious 4 in San Diego, and now he's playing guitar in the Adolescents. Super rad, so thank you, guys. USA, USA, yeah, we're number one. We're number one, yay. Hell yeah, we are number one. Shut up. In the COVID charts around the world, indeed. It continues to rise as well. As of yesterday, July 3rd, 2020, the USA has had 2,732,531 cases of COVID. That's an increase of 53,301 new cases when compared to the day before, July 2nd, 2020. 53,000 cases in one fucking day. The total deaths in the United States since COVID-19 hit were 128,648 as of July 3rd as well, of which 624 deaths were new when compared to statistics on July 2nd, 2020. Holy fuck. How, how did we get here with COVID compared to other countries that have handled this much, much better? Spain, Italy, maybe not the UK, because there are a bunch of right-wing fucking dipshits in charge of their country too. How? One reason is there's a large population of people in the United States that thinks COVID isn't that big of a deal, that won't wear masks, that just think it's kind of, you know, blown out of proportion, no worse than the flu, that kind of thing. You know, you fucking dumb motherfuckers that don't wear masks. What the fuck is wrong with you? What's so hard about wearing a mask, right? I mean, it sucks. It's no fun. It's hot. It's uncomfortable. It doesn't stifle your breathing enough. It's not that big of a deal. Kind of funny thing, Herman Cain. Okay, remember Herman Cain when he ran for president, the brain surgeon or whatever? Fucking brain surgeon. Dude's like operates on rats or something. Jesus Christ. A little bit ago, Herman Cain tweeted something saying, People are fed up with wearing masks in this country. People are fed up with it. They're tired of it. They're done. Guess what happened to Herman Cain? Oh, the next tweet was, uh, Herman Cain is now in the hospital in the ICU with COVID. Uh-huh. Fucking, I, I want to say, oh, I wish you the best, Herman Cain. I hope you recover. I do. I don't wish death on him or anybody for that matter. Hopefully, he comes out of this and says, you know what? I, I should never have said, and this guy's a fucking doctor, right? Isn't he? Wasn't he a doctor? Like a brain surgeon or some shit, like I was saying? Oh, this guy is a fucking world-class moron, like so many other citizens of the United States that will not wear masks. How fucking stupid are Americans? Like, truly, the citizens of the United States of America. I don't want to lump all of you know Mexico, Central America, and South America, and Canada into this equation because those that's all America too, by the way, right? You knew that though, didn't you? How fucking stupid are people in this country? That's why it's so huge. Now, let me read a little statement. This is from the CDC website in regards to masks real quick. Cloth face coverings are recommended as a simple barrier to help prevent respiratory droplets from traveling into the air and onto other people when the person wearing the cloth face covering coughs, sneezes, talks, or raises their voice. This is called source control. This recommendation is based on what we know about the role respiratory droplets play in the spread of the virus that causes COVID-19, 
paired with emerging evidence from clinical and laboratory studies that shows cloth face coverings reduce the spray of droplets when worn over the nose and mouth. COVID-19 spreads mainly among people who are in close contact with one another within about six feet, so the use of cloth face coverings is particularly important in settings where people are close to each other or where social distancing is difficult to maintain. There you go, straight from the CDC. Directly below that statement are 19 sources of different studies and science-y type of things where they got the information for putting out this release on cloth face coverings. So you would think in a rational society, you would think that the government, the United States government, would say, okay, you know what? This shit is out of control. It's spreading like fucking crazy. Hospitals are going to get overwhelmed. A lot more people are going to die. Everybody has to wear a face mask. No exceptions. Unless if, I think they said, if you're under two years old or under, it's not practical to have a young child wear a mask. Or if you do legitimately have like a respiratory system a condition or ailment, that a cloth face mask would put your life in danger or at risk if you wore it. But then they're saying, well, then you should still stay the fuck away from anybody. But we can't do that. We can't because so many Americans are so, fu so I'm sorry, so many citizens of the United States are so fucking stupid, selfish, and shitty that they can't fucking do it. So, yeah, that really, the whole COVID thing infuriates me. We have no backup from the government. Uh, here's your $1,200 check. Oh, and we'll add some money to your unemployment because also along with this is rampant unemployment from businesses that had to close due to COVID, right? Well, here's a pittance. Here's a little bit of money to help you get through. And in some cases, it was significant enough that people are making more money on unemployment than they were when they were working. And what does that say? The assholes like to say, oh, they're going to just stay on it. Well, fuck you, dude. The problem is they weren't getting paid enough to begin with. That's the fucking issue, right? They weren't making enough to begin with. If getting help from the government means they're making more money, then they're getting fucked where they're working. And that's bullshit. And we're going to talk about that. That's like the very last thing we're, we're going to talk about is uh, income inequality and that type of thing. But yeah, COVID. Yeah, it's fucked. I mean, there's going to be a lot more people die because our government, you know, you have Trump saying oh, the shit's a hoax. Oh, boy. Um, little side note. There are it is July 4th, as I said. There are fireworks all over my neighborhood right now, so it's going to get a little uh, interesting here. So, yeah, no support from the government, basically. They're throwing us to the dogs because they're a bunch of fucking piece of shit shitheads. The Republican and Democrat alike, at least the Democrats are somewhat coming up to bat, and there's some that are saying, well, we should, you know, give everybody two grand a month until this is over, like until December, some of them are saying, or January of 2021, to get through this, but... They should be, Democrats literally should be screaming from the fucking rooftops every day about this, this and pointing out, look how these Republican motherfuckers have failed you. They're not doing shit for you. They're not doing anything for the country. All they're doing is making it worse with their pseudoscience and their fucking mindset that, you know, the media lies. You can't trust anybody. You can't trust the government. But wait, hold on. You work for the government. You are the government. And we're not supposed to trust you. Well, you've proven that over and over to, to me. I would say the Trump administration and Republicans in general have, I would say they have blood on their fucking hands. They are responsible for so many deaths 
or you know, one thing they said when COVID first came out, first came out like it's a fucking new record or something like that. When it, we first learned that it was coming to the United States, it's a hoax by the Democrats to make the Trump administration or Trump himself look bad so he won't get reelected. He doesn't need any help. He doesn't need any kind of hoaxes. I would think any thinking person is going to look at Trump and go, there's no fucking way I'm voting for this racist Nazi piece of shit. No, fuck, fuck, no. I like the United States. I don't want this wannabe Mussolini or Hitler type in office anymore. He sucks, right? But no, no, no. Oh, God. Yeah, COVID. Well, let's move on to something else right now. Because <laughs> God damn it, the COVID thing. Like with all these subjects I'm going to talk about, I could ramble on and on and on for a long time, but we've got a lot to cover. So we're going to move on. Next up is a song by the band Pinata Protest from San Antonio, Texas. And the name of that song is Life on the Border. And then we'll talk some more. How'd you like Pinata Protest? How do you like that song? Ah, it's fucking rad, isn't it? It's so good. Alvaro is the name of the lead singer and accordion player in the band, and he is a rad, rad person. He posts some awesome stuff on Facebook all the time. Very forward-thinking, progressive, 
individual who is also extremely talented. I love pinata protests. Go see them if you ever get a chance. If when things open back up eventually, if they come to your town, go check them out. Buy their records. Pinata protest is rad. And thank you, Alvaro. Here's what we're talking about in part two. We're talking about the immigration laws and enforcement of those laws since 2018 in the United States of America. And first of all, let's talk about a myth that the right in the United States just loves to fucking throw around, absolutely loves to throw around. And that myth is that the Obama administration was caging adults and children in ICE detention facilities just like Trump. Or you might as well, ICE detention facilities, they're fucking concentration camps. I mean, they are, they literally are concentration camps. Also, the other thing that the right loves to, you know, squawk about, like the moron parrots that they are, is that the Obama administration was also separating families at the border, as is standard protocol for the Trump administration's current policies on immigration. Uh, by the way, the Trump administration has a zero tolerance or what they call a zero tolerance policy on illegal, I use doing the little hand quotes thing, illegal immigration. Well, wrong on both counts. Under both Bush and Obama, families were only separated if they say they got caught by the border patrol walking across the border or something like that in Texas or Arizona or California or wherever. The kids would only be separated from the adults in their group if the agents suspected those adults in the group of trafficking the kids or, you know, being like smugglers where they would bring kids with them to make them look like and get treated better by border agents when they came into the United States. That was the only time. And so cases were very rare of children being separated from their parents at the border under Bush or Obama. Now, since the Trump administration's zero tolerance policy on illegal immigration that came into effect in May of 2018, by the way, anyone crossing the border illegally or without, you know, the, the official paperwork and or approval has to be criminally charged and prosecuted. And that's even if they're with kids and even and this is the big thing, even if they say they're seeking asylum, which typically that is not a criminal act. Now, that's the big difference between the Trump administration and any presidential administration before that. That's why you're seeing kids getting taken away from their parents at the border, because everybody who comes into the country illegally is committing a crime, according to this policy from the Trump administration, which is fucking absolute bullshit. So because they're you know being accused of committing a crime, Kids cannot go to an adult jail type of facility with their parents. Hence, that's why they separate them. And we've all heard the stories about how kids are getting separated. They don't know where the fuck their parents are. They don't know what to do with these kids. This policy is completely, completely inhumane. It should be, really, it should be illegal. And I hope to fucking God or whoever's listening, if anybody is, Cthulhu, yeah, are you listening? Just fucking eat everybody in the Trump administration. That's my suggestion. I hope whoever comes in after Trump, because he's got to lose. He's got to fucking lose. He can't win in 2020. I, oh, my fucking God, dude. He can't. There's Oh, my God. He just can't. No. Uh, I hope that whoever comes in after Trump 
goes after everybody who wrote this fucking law and throws their asses in fucking jail for the rest of their lives because this is the most vile, evil, horrible thing to do to other human beings. Take their kids away, throw them in jails. The jails are supposedly super overcrowded where there are people standing nuts to butts. There's video of this shit too. People are standing up against each other all day and all night. You can't sleep. If you can sleep, you're laying on a bare concrete floor or laying with one of those thermal blankets, you know, those like mirror-looking blankets on the top on a concrete floor, no soap, no toothbrushes, you know, very few toilet facilities, running water, the food is shit, all this fucking horrible concentration camp Nazi fucking bullshit, dude. And this is the thing that gets me. This is a massive humanitarian crisis. Let's do this. Let's let's get some statistics. And honestly, I'll have to say, these stats were lower than I thought considering the conditions that these poor fucking human beings are being kept in. But how many deaths have there been in ICE custody in, say, the last couple of years? Well, seven children have died in ICE custody since 2018, and a total of 27 people, including those children, have died in ICE custody between April of 2018 and May of 2020. I do suspect, honestly, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist or anything like that, I suspect that number is far, far higher than what they're giving out. And you should go on the ICE website. It's fucking evil. Oh, God, it's nasty. What it says is, we at ICE believe in the most transparent reporting of the condition of, of people and how they're treated in our facilities, and we treat them with the utmost care. And It's fucking 100% bullshit. So I do, I suspect that death number is much higher. I don't even know if they're taking COVID-19 deaths into this consideration. They have to be lying because they're fucking Nazi evil motherfuckers, dude, that run ICE. They truly are. And that work for them. If you listen to this and you work for ICE, fuck you. Don't listen to this anymore. I don't want anything to do with you on this podcast. You're a vile human being. You're a piece of shit. Uh, if there is a hell when you die, that's where you're going. So you might as well start working on your suntan. Now, I do want to say this too before we move on to something else. So one reason why this is going on, I do believe, and again, I'm not a really a conspiracy guy. This is all kind of documented, but the people that are building and running and maintaining these detention facilities or concentration camps for these immigrants are people that are making a fucking shit ton of money off of the federal government. They're like Trump's buddies and shit like that who got these contracts to build these camps to house these immigrants, these migrants from more or less, you know, Mexico South. So that's pretty fucked up, isn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the same way with the, all that shit that happened with Halliburton during the Gulf War. Oh, isn't that weird? The vice president's company or the company he used to work for got all these contracts in Iraq, and it's worth like billions and billions of dollars. Oh, that's how convenient. Well, Trump's doing the same shit. So there you go. My last thought and my last words on immigration for this part are this. These are human beings. I don't believe in any kind of thing. No one's fucking illegal. We're all human. We're all the same fucking beings, okay? No one is illegal. There isn't a single person. You could be, you could live at the tip of the North Pole, come to the United States without permission, and you're not illegal to me. You're just another fucking human being. I'm all for abolishing all borders, all nations, blah, blah, blah. 
it's a fucking horrible concept. That's, you know, deep subject for a shallow mind kind of thing. But yeah, these people are human beings just like you and I. They have the same hopes, dreams, aspirations, wants, and needs that we do. There's absolutely no reason they should be being treated the way they are being treated. And that's another check against Trump and his administration that's going to land them straight in fucking jail when this is all over. I hope to God. Anyways, one other quick thing. Why don't people care about this very much? And I think it's because there's a large segment of the population in the United States that does not consider these migrants from places that are far worse than the United States. I don't think they consider them as human. They consider them less than human. They can't empathize with their plight that led them to make a very long and very dangerous journey to get here, by the way, just to make a better life for themselves and their children. I don't think they view them as human. I don't think they can empathize. But I would always ask this question of anybody that I knew who was kind of right-wing and thought or whatever that would talk about, yeah, send all the illegals back. Oh, fuck you. Um, let me ask you a question real quick. What would you do for your family if everything went to shit in the United States and you needed to get to Canada or Europe or something like that where it was actually safe and they treat their citizens more, you know, a lot better than we get treated kind of thing? What would you do pretty much anything to save your family, to make sure that they were safe and fed and secure? Oh, yeah, I'd do whatever I had to do. Well, fuck, there you go. Well, there you fucking go. That's exactly what they're doing. That's exactly why they're coming here, you fucking idiots. God damn it. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on. Oh, boy. Yeah, I'm already getting pissed. Uh, I'm getting a little hot under the collar here. I am. I'm getting kind of pissed off about the things I've been talking about. And it's going to continue. So, yes, yeah, stay with me. Stay with me. Up next, we have a little PSA for Black Lives Matter. Donate to them if you can. I think they're a fantastic organization. I really do. I think they're doing super good work. And we have the song Terrorizer by Doc Hammer of San Diego, California. So stay tuned. Four years ago, what is now known as the Black Lives Matter Global Network began to organize. It started out as a chapter-based, member-led organization whose mission was to build local power and to intervene when violence was inflicted on black communities by the state and vigilantes. In the years since, we've committed to struggling together and to imagining and creating a world free of anti-blackness where every black person has a social, economic, and political power to thrive. Black Lives Matter began as a call to action in response to state-sanctioned violence and anti-black racism. Our intention from the very beginning was to connect black people from all over the world who have a shared desire for justice to act together in their communities. The impetuous for that commitment was, and still is, the rampant and deliberate violence inflicted on us by the state. You can read more about Black Lives Matter by visiting www.blacklivesmatter.com. The Black Lives Matter website has a wealth of information and tools in the fight against racism. Also, please consider donating to Black Lives Matter on that same website. Simply click on the Donate button on the top right of your screen. Black Lives Matter would appreciate your support of the movement and their ongoing fight to end state-sanctioned violence, liberate black people, and end white supremacy forever.
Well, thanks to Doc Hammer for letting me use that song. Holy shit. That band is rad. I love that shit. I love hardcore. I really do. I really do. That type of music. Yeah, yeah. I'm super into it. Doc Hammer is from San Diego. I had no idea. Uh, I'm an idiot. Let's talk about the recent Black Lives Matter slash George Floyd protests a little bit here. On May 26th of 2020, protests erupted in Minneapolis over the death of George Floyd at the hands of Minneapolis police. By June 30th, 2020, over 14,000 citizens of the United States have been arrested for protesting and other things. And that also does include the four piece of shit police officers, or I shouldn't even call them that. Let's just call them pieces of shit that took part in the murder of George Floyd. Eight minutes and 46 seconds. That's how long that cop's knee was on George Floyd's neck. What the fuck, man? What in the fuck? I mean, there's so much to that story. A bystander saying he can't breathe. He can't breathe. Get, please get off of him. He's not resisting you. He's not doing anything. Please get off. The cop on his neck said he can still talk so he can breathe. And then people continue to say, hey, no, get off of him. You're killing him. You're fucking killing this guy. Get off. The cops, nope, wouldn't budge. George Floyd died calling out for his mother. And what a fucking horrible situation that is. So people saw that video and took to the streets because fuck that shit. Fuck that shit. No one should have that kind of power where they can literally kill a man in the street for they're not executioners. So what about George Floyd's past? Who fucking cares? At that moment in time, they were arresting him for forgery, right? For forgery, he died because he was suspected of forging or trying to pass a counterfeit $20 bill or something like that, right? And he fucking died for it. And people got pissed when this video came out and they took to the streets and holy shit, these protests have been fucking huge. It is said between 15 million and 26 million people have taken part in these protests. And that includes myself and my direct family members were out there because fuck this shit. Now, what happened, of course, when these protests started is so typical of modern-day United States police policy, uh, massive, massive amounts of police brutality. We've seen it over and over again. We've seen video. We've heard you know, eyewitness accounts. You fucking name it. The cops are out there fucking brutalizing the citizens of this country unlawfully. I mean, in my mind, what they're doing to people is completely fucking unlawful. One event that really sticks out the most in my mind was a lady that was walking home from the grocery store with a bag and got hit in the face by a fucking rubber bullet and fucked her up. And how many people have lost their eyes because of getting hit in the face with rubber bullets? By the way, they're not supposed to shoot at your fucking head with those things because those rounds can kill you. If you're a police officer and you listen to this, get your shit together. Call out the bad cops in the force. Even if you lose your job, better yet, quit your job and be a decent fucking human being for once. What I've heard from eyewitness accounts on the ground, I haven't been to any protests where there's been like tear gassings or anything like that. Anything too gnarly, right? The one I went to was very peaceful. It was a skateboarding protest. Same, my wife's been to a couple 
and she saw some kind of gnarly shit near the end. Um, somebody in a car tried to run over some protesters, that kind of thing. Yeah, not cool. What I've heard from a couple friends that have been on the ground in a lot of these protests uh, down in San Diego, in downtown San Diego, kind of maybe about a week after the first original Minneapolis protests, he was there. He was at a big one in La Mesa the day before, La Mesa, California, which is near San Diego. It's kind of a suburb of San Diego where they burned down the police station and shit like that. And the cops started the shit. The cops fired tear gas on the group before there was any violence, any damage to any property, anything like that. The cops started it. Same thing. He went to a protest, I think, the next day. And he said they were just walking down the street, you know, like thousand plus people probably walking down the street. Cops are blocking the road, full on riot gear. They started firing off tear gas canisters into the crowd without provocation. So that should be illegal as fuck in this country. However, we are basically kind of fucked, though, at this point. The other thing that I had heard about was a friend up in Riverside went to a protest in downtown Riverside, and he saw a couple guys going near. They had backpacks on, and they were kind of getting near some stores, kind of eyeing some stuff, and he, he went up to him and said, hey, what are you guys doing? They're like, nothing, man. You know, we're here to protest, and it was two white dudes, right? He's like, what's in your backpack? What's going on? Like thinking they had rocks or bricks or something in their back. And they're like, oh, nothing, man. We're just here to protest. So he watched them for a while and lost them. But that's the other thing. There are these white nationalist, alt-right, proud boy fucks at these protests instigating shit, you know, trying to make the actual peaceful protesters, protesters in general, specifically the Black Lives Matter protesters, look bad. Make it look like they're rioting. So that, you know, the cops are going to come down even harder on them over time. At this time, you know, violence at the protests from the cops onto protesters seems to be tapering off a bit. Uh, we'll see how long that lasts because cops, I'm telling you, they're fucking itching for fights. So like I was kind of saying earlier, if you're a cop and you're listening to this, do the right thing out the fucking racists and the pieces of shit that you work with. If you yourself are like that. Please quit. Do us all a favor. Quit and get a job as a security guard for somebody or something like that because you're an asshole. Okay. The other thing is about Black Lives Matter. One thing about them, there's so much disinformation against Black Lives Matter as an organization, especially from the right, that they're a terrorist organization. It's delegitimizing the cause, essentially. Don't believe it. Look into it. I totally looked into Black Lives Matter. And they're fucking, they rule. They're awesome. All their goals, it's all there on their website. Call them. Call them. They'll talk to you. But it's all right. It's all there. It's all on their website. It's fucking awesome what they want. They just want racism and bullshit to stop against black people. That's not asking much, is it? I don't think it is. I honestly don't think it is. And it is not a terrorist organization. Anytime anybody says that, they're full of shit. It's just like, oh, Antifa is a terrorist organization organization. Um, I got news for you. Uh, Antifa is not an organization at all. I think that's been established, especially amongst my peer group. We, we know this. We do know this. Uh, Trump and his types, though, and people that support him are always looking for a boogeyman, whether or not it's the immigrant from Latin American countries, or it's a person of color or a black person, or it's uh, liberals that are destroying the country because they're too fucking stupid 
to actually look and see that they're the problem. So there you go. Well, let's move on. I could definitely talk more about the protests. However, we still have a couple things to talk about in this State of the Union Bobcast. Right now, we're going to hear the song Pursuit of Liberty by the incredibly fantastic band Bad Cop, Bad Cop. And this is off of their brand new record. So check it out by their record. But here comes the song Pursuit of Liberty by Bad Cop, Bad Cop. Can this be America, the home of the free when for the first time I feel like a refugee? When we sought asylum, we were welcomed in. These days it's perceived as a sin. Do you remember the fall of Saigon? The city turned red by the Viet Cong. The choices they had. Thank you, Bad Cop, Bad Cop, for letting me play the song, especially Lynn. Thank you. I really, really appreciate it. 
That song is off of Bad Cop, Bad Cops. Brand new record, The Ride. I think you should buy it. It's a fucking great record. Well, Donald Trump, let's talk about him just for a minute. I don't want to get too into him because I think most of the people that listen to this podcast already have an idea of who Trump is and what he stands for, etc., none of which is good. So there's no point in me really speaking in the echo chamber about Trump too much. I just want to mention a couple things about him real quick, though. One, I think he's coming unhinged. I think he's coming unglued at the fucking seams. Like, he's falling apart. I really do think so. He can't handle the stress and the pressure of leading the United States of America because it's a fucking stressful job, I'm sure. No joke. Even if he was doing a good job, what would a good job for Trump be? Because he's failed at almost everything he's done his entire life. When all this shit about him unravels at the end of his presidency, I think at this point it looks like it might be a foregone conclusion. Maybe I got my hopes too high, but I think he's going to be gone. I, if he makes it to the election, I would almost be surprised. Because he's going to keep doing shitty things and saying shitty things. And eventually, if Republicans, any Republican that supports him wants to get reelected themselves, they're going to have to bail support of him. I honestly do think so. Being very optimistic about that for sure, but just look at him, you know, drinking a glass of water with two fucking hands like, oh, oh my God, what a fucking dipshit, right? Like, I'm sorry, you shouldn't make fun of someone's, you know, physical inability to do something, but he's an evil piece of shit. So I think you can make fun of him for anything, and it's fair game, to be totally honest. Uh, the other thing about him is his little photo op in front of that church. Really, at that point, with you know the military kind of said, uh, we probably shouldn't have cleared the streets for him and told the cops to fire tear gas on the protesters that were in the area because that really makes us look like Nazis really bad. And uh, even if we are Nazis, we don't want people to think we're Nazis, so... Yeah, let's condemn it. So didn't the general, his whatever the fuck, Grand Poobah of tanks or whatever, said, yeah, he probably shouldn't have done that. That should have been a moment in American history where the entirety of the population said, look, dude, you know what? You're fired, dude. Fuck you. Get out of office. You're a charlatan. You're not even holding the Bible up the right way. Motherfuckers never spent a day in church, you know, an hour in church his whole life. Or if he has... I'm sure he was probably thinking about his next cheeseburger the whole time he was sitting in church or something like that. Something shitty, you know, uh, how could he own the libs on Twitter today? Hmm, let's see. I think with Trump, though, honestly, it's all an act. I think a lot of it is an act. I think he's a really shitty person, but he plays to his base, his ba his fan base, his cult so very well. He says things that gets him, well, fuck yeah, man. Goddamn America, you know. Uh, fuck, I can't do this fucking, yeah. I can't do that Southern accent thing. I have a lot of friends from the South that are fucking incredible people. I should never make fun or stereotype. I know, however, a lot of Trump's base are fucking complete morons. Uh, even his base at that point of taking the photo op with the Bible and shit in front of that church should have been like, man, fuck you, dude. You're not a Christian. Who the fuck do you think you are? That should have been a big wake-up call. 
there are several times throughout Trump's career that there were wake-up calls, or there should have been, that ended up not being. When he mocked that disabled reporter at a rally when he was running for president, that should have been the end. I know that a lot of people repeat that thought or that sentiment, but isn't it true? Don't you think that's a true thing? People should have been like, you know, this guy is probably not the best to lead this country or any country. He's not the best at leading a company. He wouldn't be the best at managing a fucking 7-Eleven or something. I mean, I'm sorry, not to disparage managers of 7-Eleven. That's a hard job. They have a lot of shit going on. Go to your local 7-Eleven and see what the manager has to do in that place. They're filling coffee, flipping hot dogs, selling sodas and Slurpees and shit. They do a lot. No, Trump could never fucking do a job like that. Dude can't do shit. So let's just end it on this. Donald Trump, your days are numbered as president of the United States, thank God. And you probably will end up in jail after your presidency. I truly, truly hope so. And I think there are quite a few citizens of the United States of America and the world that share that sentiment. So let's try and make that happen. Let's stop talking about Trump because he, he fuck, uh, yeah, yuck. Before we move on to the next segment and the final segment of this episode, let's get to our next song, which is by the band Dillinger 4. Yes, Dillinger 4, D4, the great D4. Happy D4th of July, by the way. That song is called The Great American Going Out of Business Sale, and it is off of the very classic record, Midwestern Songs of the Americas. Stand by. Center, the judgment will overtake all in a split second. You too are guilty and will experience the devastating damnation of this doomsday experience. However, there is even stronger evidence to suggest from past analysis that our nation is specifically mentioned and pinpointed for oblivion.
Thank you, Dillinger 4, specifically Patty, for letting me use that song. That song is off of one of the greatest records in all of punctum, one of the greatest records ever made, in my opinion, Midwestern Songs of the Americas. All right, this is the last little segment that I'm going to do in this State of the Union episode. We're going to talk about the economy. We're going to talk about billionaires and the very wealthy. We're going to talk about how the average person in the USA gets fucked by both of those things, or all of those things, I guess I should say. 70% of Americans, of citizens of the United States of America, say the economy is rigged in favor of the very wealthy. 70%. Yes, that's an interesting statistic, right? That information, by the way, is from a Pew Research poll from the year 2019. Here's another little interesting fact, too. In that same poll, only 50% of the people who responded to it who were Republicans thought that the economy was rigged for the rich, while 86% of the people responding who were Democrats thought that the economy is rigged for the very rich. Huh, uh, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, it's almost like a bunch of Republicans think the uh, bootstrap bunch and the 1% are going to help them get rich or something. Doesn't it seem that way? Oh, that Trump, he sure does love us, doesn't he? Uh-huh, yeah, and his type, oh, okay. You know, I mean, I guess all these Republicans, that 50% that thought it's not rigged, I think they're those temporarily embarrassed millionaire types, right? Yeah, I mean, the United States of America today is essentially an oligarchy, right? That is to say, the average person, the average citizen like me or you, has very little influence in politics, very little. While on the other end of that, money, corporations, the very rich, they completely run our political system. That's a very true thing, I believe. The little person has almost no say in politics. However, lobbyists, big money, they have all the say, they write all the laws. Thank you, Citizens United and Alec and shit like that. Oh, you fucks, man. All that corporations are people shit. Fuck you. They are not. No, they've proven to be probably the root of most of the evil in this country comes from large corporations, eh, I think, and the very rich. Here's another interesting statistic for you from way back in 2011. The 400 wealthiest Americans own more wealth than half of all Americans combined. Take a minute and fucking think about that. That's insane, right? Does that, that that's absolutely insane. Here's some kind of key things to the point I'm trying to make here. CEOs and CEO pays. CEOs on average in the United States of America make 70 times more money than the, the just regular average person working for that company. 70 times more. Some of them, like the Bob Iger, who the former CEO of Disney, make as much as 300 times more than the average worker at a corporation in the United States. That's fucking disgusting. That's so far. And it wasn't like that pre like Reagan. You got to kind of go back even further than that, like 50s, 60s, when the American economy was really booming and doing well and yada, yada, workers made a lot more money relatively, like in, in comparison, economics, it's a very complicated thing. But if you really start studying economics, 
that's where a shit ton of our problems come from, a huge amount. Income inequality, that's huge. We're going to talk about that in a sec. When the CEO of the company that you work for makes 300 times more than you do, and say you're like mid-management or, or whatever the fuck you do, I don't know. Does that make sense? Does that seem like that's fair? And I understand life's not fair. However, that borders, I think that's like evil. That's like on the evil side of things. I don't think that's good in any way, shape, or form. No, no, it's not. It's not. Now, income inequality, this is another thing. I think one of the biggest problems of our day, of our times, and it has been for a while now, here's some interesting statistics about income inequality in the United States of America. The poorest people among us between the years of 1963 to 2016 only saw an income growth of 10%. 10%. That means wages are stagnant. Wages are not growing. 10% more money. However, the wealthiest people in our society in the United States of America saw an income growth of 90% in those same years. This is the part where I say, bust out your pitchforks and your torches. Let's have a fucking rich person barbecue. It's time to eat the fucking rich. It really is. This is fucking ridiculous. That's why, why do you think people have to have three jobs? Why do you think there's all these freelancers running around? Because companies and shit like that aren't willing to pay for employees and give them medical care and all that shit anymore. Everybody's hustling these days. Everybody has to hustle. Have all these side gigs where they're making money on the side just to fucking get by. Meanwhile, the very wealthy have obviously increased their wealth to absolutely unimaginable levels. More money than they'd be able to spend in a million of their lifetimes. Like, absolutely, it's fucking evil, evil shit. Let's go back to talking a little bit about the United States as far as where it ranks in the world as far as people living under the poverty rate. The United States ranks number four out of all the countries on the earth as far as people living below the poverty line. 17.8% of the population of the United States of America live under the poverty line. Okay, what's the defining dollar figure for the poverty line worldwide? They say it's around $26,000 a year for a family of four. $26,000 a year for a family of four to live on? That's fucking insane. That's not poverty. That's like slavery. What the fuck? No, no, no. So what they're saying, basically, anyone who makes below $26,000 a year is considered poverty level, right? And almost 20% of the population in the United States makes below that. Like, fuck, the only other countries that were worse, I think it was South Africa and a couple others in South Africa has huge, huge income disparities. Like, oh, it's fucking mind-blowing. It South Africa's fucked. Like, the United States, economically speaking, as far as the sheer number of poor in that country is fucking mind-boggling. And that that worldwide, this shit needs to change. I mean, so bad. It's fucking mind-blowing. But let me say, what can you do? $26,000 a year isn't shit. So in reality, a family of four should be to be comfortable and okay and like live in a decent place have food security, the children have enough to eat, they have clothes, 
yada, yada, on and on. I'm thinking they should be making more like somewhere around a hundred grand a year for the entire family to spend. That's more fair. Uh, $26,000 isn't shit. Oh, that's fucking sucks so bad. Well, let me end this part by just saying at this point, it's time to break out the pitchforks, torches, and get those barbecue tools out. It is time to eat the rich. Fuck them. That's horseshit. They have fucking raped and pillaged this earth and its citizens for so, so long. They need to go. There needs to be a new social order. There absolutely does. Everything has to change. That's a place where I can definitely say these levels of income disparities don't need to exist. And they could be fairly easily fixed. I have a lot of ideas on that and thoughts. And so do a lot of economists and thinkers that are far smarter and have their shit together way more than I do. So yeah, listen to them. You know, maybe I planted a seed in your mind, but look into it. Let's get uh, let's get to cooking these motherfuckers because fuck them. All right, that's it for me. Speaking of cooked, I am cooked. Jesus Christ. There's a lot of bad shit going on in this country today. There really is, isn't there? There is a lot of horrible shit. I didn't even touch on Christianity or religion, the Christian right specifically. That is a vile and evil shit show of incredible proportions. It's They are fucking the shittiest people that I can imagine existing anywhere in the world today in so many ways because they fuck everybody over. They don't even follow Jesus Christ or God or whatever. They don't. They truly don't. They're so full of shit. Oh, God, I can't. I got to stop talking because I'm just going to go on and on about it. Uh, People like that are why we have Trump, though. They really are. I do want to say this. There are a lot of things that I do like about the United States or love about the United States. The freedom of speech is good, right? I can talk shit on this podcast about the country that I live in and not get arrested for it. Right? I can talk shit, say, you know, eat the fucking rich. Yeah, yeah. And, well, I'll still be here tomorrow. I won't be sitting in jail or dead. I can talk shit about the president for now. And same thing. So there you go. That's good. And and also, I do want to say, I think in a lot of areas, we are making progress because those the protests, those recent protests, that's making shit change. Uh, shit in Minneapolis is changing. They're talking about actually like abolishing the police in Minneapolis and changing shit all up. I mean, there are stupid things like there's a lot of, of the placating of people going on right now. Well, let's paint Black Lives Matter on this street in front of the White House, and that'll fix everything. No, no, bullshit, no. There are better things than that happening. These small things, they're good. The tearing down of statues of old racist figures, uh, fuck Columbus, fuck any Confederate statue in this country needs to go. That's those That shit, the Confederate flag, needs to fucking go. It is absolute fucking horseshit that that, th- that shit's there to begin with. My thoughts. Anyway, there is progress being made. It's very slow. We need to keep pushing. We need to keep fighting. For now, I'm done. I don't feel like talking about the U.S. anymore. Oh, my God. It's a 4th of July, right? Like I said, and I have said a couple times throughout the episode, I'm not feeling a lot of, of reasons to be proud of being a citizen of the United States right now. I really don't. It's kind of a shit show. Don't you think? I, I I don't know. I think it is. I think there's a lot of shitty stuff going on, but I think we can fix it. I do honestly think that stuff can be fixed. Let's fix this fucking country 
and then let's celebrate. Let's get some of this shit taken care of, fixed, sorted, and then we'll have the biggest fucking 4th of July celebration in the history of ever. And I'm down as shit for that once we fix things, though, okay? Or at least make vastly larger amounts of progress in certain areas. Racism, LGBTQ rights, police accountability, a shift in the way that the police work in our communities, less military spending and more spending in our communities. Let's put our taxes to work for the citizens of this country, not the very rich. Let's fucking get rid of abolish ICE and let's get rid of those fucked up immigration laws that are in place because I do have a newsflash for you. If you live in the United States right now, 97% of us are descended from immigrants. Okay, that's right. Only 3% of the population in the United States, close to 3% of the population in the United States, identify as Native American. That was the census of 2010, by the way. So chances are, you're basically a fucking immigrant. And if you're listening to this and you're a right winger that hates immigrants and wants them out of here, well, guess what, motherfucker? Take all the time you need with this. But, but you're also an immigrant. Did you know that? Uh-huh. Yeah. Think about it all you want. Go ahead. Take all the time you need. Last thing I want to say, look in the mirror. Look at your biases. Look at the issues you care about and stand up and do something about it. You know, if you don't vote, start fucking voting. Are you scared of black people in some way? Like, do you feel threatened by them in some way? Talk to a black person, okay? Engage with people in the black community. Do you look down on immigrants? You know, you're looking at yourself in the mirror. You look down on immigrants. Ask yourself, what would you do if your family were in similar circumstances that they were in? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm asking of everybody, okay? We're going to get there. It's going to be a hard fight to make this country something to be proud of. I think we can do it. I really do. It's going to start, and I know Daryl Wilson in the last episode spoke of this in much better words than I can bring out of myself, but really, everything starts with looking in the mirror, looking at yourself, and fixing yourself. Then you can go out and you can change the fucking world. I swear to God, you can and we will. Okay? So there we go. Let me just say a huge thank you, huge thanks to all the bands of this episode. The Adolescents, Pinata Protest, Doc Hammer, Bad Cop, Bad Cop, Dillinger 4, and lastly, The Arrivals. Oh, yes, yes, The Arrivals. We have an arrival song is the very last song of this episode coming up in a minute. Thank you so much for listening. I do appreciate it. Don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review the Bobcast wherever you listen to podcasts. I really would appreciate that. Happy All Countries Matter Day to you. And last but not least, here are the arrivals with the song Simple Pleasures in America.